What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happen to be listening. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Fear not. We're going to help out the only way we know how by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week. Ritual and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who's all about those stonks. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. I mean, I'm in. You know, I liquidated the kids' college funds. I, I bought in late, so I bought in at 329, but that Smart. felt that felt good. Smart. Um, and I, I traded in my PS3 while I was there. Like you can do it all at the store now. So it's super mm-hmm. convenient. Yeah. Mask up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, we got we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into all the gaming news of the week. There's a ton to talk about. We've been playing some games to talk about. Ooh, it's a big packed show. And guess what? We have an awesome guest to do all of that with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for disseminating a logo from cable. Because we have the senior manager of brand marketing for G4 TV. You know her, of course, from What's Good Games. Rihanna Manuel joins us for the first time. Hey, Rihanna. Hi, what's up? Welcome to the show. It's been, uh, I- I'm so excited to have you. I've been a fan of the things that you've been doing lately all around the internet. So yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I've I've been a DLC listener for m- maybe close to 10 years, actually. What? So this is, is a true? really exciting moment. Yeah. Unbelievable. I had no yeah. idea. hijacked the show and we just talked Tetris Effect because that's uh I mean, those, I'm those always down that. I watch. So 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, this is going to be delightful. Um, let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send suggestions, comments, questions, even reviews of games that you'd like to hear on the show. We'll love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also hang out with other like-minded folks on the subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com or in our Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on Discord. But Rihanna, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So, I mean, it's pretty large elephant in a very small room. It's already here on your dock. It's got to be the GameStop stock credit. It's it's been incredible to follow the developments over the past week or so. And it's just funny. Um, I've seen a few different versions of the, the hot take, but really it's when you get a bunch of raid group experts attacking the U.S. stock exchange, it's it's phenomenal to watch. This is one of those stories that transcends video games. I mean, I guess it's really only tangentially related to video games, but it it was a, I mean, it was the story in America and internationally for the better part of this week. I, you're right to pick this as story of the week. It is, it is a massive story and it all centers around Reddit mm-hmm. and GameStop. Uh, the stock for GameStop had been falling precipitously as uh, retail all in, in every sector was feeling the pain of COVID shutdowns. But in particular, we know from the way video games have been going the last few years that uh, the shift has gone to purchasing things digitally and a brick and mortar like GameStop has seen their valuations go down. Well, a group of folks on a Reddit uh, all about making pretty uh bold i'll say wall street bets the wall cool ranch even maybe yes cool indeed, ranch. In, in, uh, indeed in this case cool ranch um wall street bets a subreddit uh decided that if they pulled all of their efforts they could uh raise the valuation on gamestop and what makes this particularly intriguing is that a lot of really high profile investors uh some hedge funds had shorted the stock. Uh, and we can get into all that if we want to spell it out for folks. A, l- a lot of this stuff, you know, I think I think one of the takeaways from this story over the course of the week is how much uh, I think average people, even myself, not even myself, like myself, um, have learned about how all this stuff works. I mean, I watched the big short movie few, a few years ago, and I don't think I learned as much about how shorting stocks work as I have in the last week looking at GameStop. Um, and we can get into all the details about that. But basically, uh, it, you know, this Melvin Capital group uh, had to borrow billions of dollars. Now it looks like they're doing even better. They made $8 billion in valuation. So you can't sort of beat the big guy as a little guy. But, you know, it was taking down... There, there was a, a variety of narratives at play here. And a lot of folks want to believe it is this little guy i.e. retail investors, average folks who can get on Robinhood apps and, and, and the like and buy individual stocks 
And because of the internet, the way we can all pool our efforts, uh, they were able to quake the boots of the big guy, the, the Melvin Capitals of the world, these big hedge funds that were shorting the stock, basically driving GameStop out of business. And as we sit now here recording a Sunday night, um, January 31st, GameStop is still up at, you know, over $300, I think, at, at the moment. There was a lot of, you know, people, Robinhood stopped people from buying more. It, there's a lot. But <laughs> Rihanna, I want to get your take on the narratives here, because um, what is your feeling? It's a much more complicated in my view than just, you know, David versus Goliath. There's a lot of, um, you know, people that want to believe that that's the case. And I'm wondering what your take on how this maybe changes the dynamic of an individual wanting to play the stock market. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> like, like as we're saying, amazing to just behold, um, because quite honestly, nothing that went down on um, the subreddit or even with people you know, coming together and pooling their their efforts to essentially control the price of the stock. None of it was illegal, right. and the the fact that a lot of people who would be maybe okay with these practices if they weren't quite so widespread, or if maybe they went in a different direction for their favor, right. had a lot of problems with, with the the regular uh, Joe Schmo stock investor sort of like gaining um one over on the system. And like you said, Robin Hood's shut it down. <laughs> they wouldn't let people trade at a certain amount. I think right now it's still limited and a number of other stocks are also limited in the amount that you can trade. Uh, Robin Hood being an app that you can make uh, different stock trades uh, as a regular person without an entire hedge fund to manage. Um, yeah. and I, I it, can't imagine anybody ruining their reputation more than Robin Hood. Oh the, man, the, the clear <laughs> loser in all of this is Robin Hood. As a, as a, from a, mar I mean, you're a, a brand marketing e expert. I mean, yeah. the entire idea of Robin Hood was like power to the people, you know, and they just mm -hmm. like went, oh, except for when you do something we don't like, you know, it was pretty wild. Yeah, and when when you do something that our our, our big friends don't like, <laughs> we have to right. take away some options for the little friends to play with. Yeah, it, it's been fascinating. I mean, there's obviously some amazingly warm hearting, like heartwarming stories of, you know, people finally being able to pay off debts or help with their parents' medical bills. And, you know, this past year has been in very, very difficult for lots and lots of people. So, there's some real winners uh, out there in this entire scenario. But as you mentioned at the beginning, the, the big guys are still winning. Like they're going to figure out a way to keep whatever was in their pockets before still there. So it, it, yeah. it's been interesting. Uh, Robin Hood is definitely a loser and they've been taking a lot of L's <laughs> recently. And this is probably the biggest one. And it's interesting that it takes some kind of catastrophe of this magnitude to to get everybody interested in the stock market, like a coup gets everybody interested in reading constitutional law all of a sudden. Yeah, you know it's well, it's you funny. Know, you make the comparison, but I think there are a, a number of points that you could compare to something like the you know the assault on the on the Capitol. I, I think in both cases, social media, the democratization of the internet, allows these groups to coordinate. You know, you you have like-minded folks that are able to coordinate their efforts that are sort of uh, radicalized in a certain sense. And I don't know if that's maybe too extreme a word to use in this case, but I think it's it's similar. We're seeing these trends, and it becomes this sort of grassroots uh, attack. I mean, a lot of the people in the Wall Street Bets subreddit view it 
with that same kind of zealotry and vigor that you saw in other situations where, you know, groups band together and, and try to take down a larger entity of uh, just with the, with sheer numbers. And, you know, I, I worry honestly about the kids or average um, kids. I seem so condescending, but like just <laughs> folks that maybe aren't as uh, experienced with the market and mm-hmm. see this as a way in and see this as easy money or a way to, you know, jump on a bandwagon and make a lot of money. And I think when this all comes crashing down, because it's not an if, it's a when, Mm -hmm. when this comes crashing down, I think there's going to be a lot of amateur investors that are left holding the bag. And it's not the big guy who's going to end up hurting. It's going to be a whole lot of little guys who thought this was, you know, a, a sure thing. And it ends up not being so. Yeah, absolutely. And and you touched on a really great point saying like this new collective knowledge share that we have with social media. I mean, inevitably, it will lead to chaos, right? Um, knowledge is power. But the question is, are we using that power to to help or to harm? And who is really on the receiving end of all of that? So it, it's, it's been a wild ride. But as you said, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's coming to an end pretty soon. Yeah. Christian, I'm, I'm sort of... Um... I don't, I don't want to muddy the waters too much here. I've already sort of made the comparison to the, the attack on the Capitol. But I also am reminded a bit of Gamergate in the sense that it, it's it's this kind of very intense, you know, nostalgia, game-focused, sort of uh, very, um, you know, uh, sub- subculture of a subculture of a subculture that all of a sudden does something so intensely that the whole rest of the world has to deal with it. And sort of it's, it's like at its, its seed, its base is in gamer culture in a weird way, but it has much bigger ramifications for society as a whole. Do you see any parallels to any other of these kinds of moments in time? Or do you think this is a wholly unique thing? Just, Quickly, my Twitter's at Spicer. This is me saying it. You can come after me. And I think we agree, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. To me, Gamergate is racism, sexism, and misogyny. It's not rooted in gaming or gamer culture. It is Well, of course. Hate. Of course. Of course. It, no, no, believe me. We, we have yeah, spoken I, out. I know. I, there's no po- part of what I said that is in support of that at all. Just um, didn't want yeah. to lump it in with like gamers. No, no, no. I'm saying um, that like like Gamergate started as a thing that was ostensibly, not even really, but ostensibly about video game culture, and it became about culture, culture. Right? There's a lot of the the seeds of the alt right, and uh, you know, a lot of these larger hate was born out of a small burning yes. group of hate that has propagated in a way that you can um, militarize uh, a community. Um, right. or radicalize a community. The, but the, the the point I was trying to make is that, you know, here, we're on a video game show and here is this, this video game stock, right? This, this company that sells video games. Uh, and it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the video game-ness of it other than it was sort of picked by these people because the internet well, and video gaming are inextricably tied, right? I believe it was picked because they noticed that Melvin and a couple of other groups had sub- gone short on it in a big way. Of and course, but but the, if you look at the trend of the stocks that they picked, all of them have this sort of nostalgia factor, this blockbuster and AMC, and you know it's it's not 
It's not right. coincidence. Right. And yeah, what I was going to jokingly say uh, when I started chatting here was just like, Jeff, this is a video game show. Let's stick to games. Because like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's super it's fascinating. fascinating. It's yeah. super fascinating. But and, yeah, and, and there's about- a gamification element mm-hmm. of the stock market, right? It's like, it is you know, when, I, when I, yeah, right. Yeah. When I was uh, in my 20s, it was all about dudes and dude and girls too. Every Anybody was like, I'm going to go learn how to play uh, Texas Hold'em. Because Texas Hold'em was like the thing, you know, when I'm in my 20s, it was like it was on ESPN and everybody was playing Texas Hold'em. And I don't think there's this is that far away from that. It's like how to make quick, easy money because I have a a mind, like Rihanna said, that is, you know, I'm used to, you know, manipulating the auction house in WoW or whatever, you know, (laughs) right? It's the same concept. Yeah. There's certainly the gamification to it. To me, I think the more interesting story that both of you hit on out of this is potential legal ramifications or long for, long uh, changes that will affect apps like Robinhood, where the customer and their data is their actual product and it's not sold to people that way. It's like, you can do this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Okay, Facebook of stocks. Like, we know what you're doing. You're just using people for their data and intercepting their it's like that to me, the, 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 what Robin Hood did, how they did it, the press tour they went on, they did not call Mark Edding at all. Um, it was just unbelievable bad interviews. Yeah. And um, that's as like the former, my legal brain is, um, I'm interested in that much more than the gaming aspect of it. The fact that it's tied to gaming, uh, I find curious, but I, I think there's going to be some ramifications out of this. And I think it's unfortunate that there weren't more ramifications out of what happened in 2008. Um, but right. again, that's, you know, that's not a lot of money. people Territory. say that that's a, you know, it's a, it's a reaction to that, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. residual anger from, from that time. Uh, people yeah. who have sort of aged into being able to do something about it. Whereas in 2008, many of them were too young and they just saw their parents, you know, losing their houses or whatever. Um, Rihanna, are you, uh, I keep trying to sort of formulate this in my head because, and perhaps I've been clumsy about it, but for me, you know, it, it is of a kind of thing where the internet allows for people to just sort of express their rage by teaming up uh, with one another. And yeah. I think there are good expressions of that and bad expressions of that. Is there any part of you that worries about this trend it's it's it seems to be across all all sectors at this point yeah i i do have some worries about it um the the internet's enablement of of people to find like-minded folks and and as you said move to action is incredible and it's an amazing force for good in a lot of cases and and there's some cases where it is the exact opposite i have to continue to have faith in the goodness of most people. And yes, there will definitely be some uprisings that we are not fond of. (laughs) Um, And I'm putting that very lightly so that I don't get (laughs) too angry. But um, for the most part, it's good. You know, you see GoFundMes for local libraries because nobody can actually go in and, and sit and read. And, you know, you see different organizations coming together and putting a foundation together to help children that are doing distance learning right now. And, the, you know, the the ability to gather around a common cause 
I think it really does tend to go towards helping people. And so I just have to remain hopeful that that trend continues and that the good outweighs the bad. But it is pretty spectacular uh, what people are capable of when when they join forces and gamers are really good at joining forces. And it's interesting that they're sort of behind several of these movements um, that we've been talking about and even some that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, it is these skills that we've all been in, in a way training in the abstract, you know, uh, dealing with min maxing, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, figuring out the best way to get the most gold in your MMO of choice or whatever, whatever it is, all of these, these, um, these skills I think are, are applicable. Uh, and I don't know, I, I I'm just, I'm genuinely of the mind that this is not going to end well for most of the people involved. And I, I don't know how this, um, you know, really moves the needle on change. I hope, I hope it results in some actual regulation and some oversight, you know, of the stock market and, and looking at how these hedge funds do shorts. Cause you know, I've gone way down the rabbit hole this week in reading about <laughs> this and learning about it. And it's fascinating. I mean, in, in one sense, that's why I wanted to bring it up on the show and, or I'm glad you brought it up on the show because I think it's, it is interesting and when you find out things like, oh, Melvin Capital had, you know, shorted 140% of the available stock for GameStop, it's like, how is that even possible? They, they shorted more than was available. Like, that's just, it shouldn't be legal. And yet it is, as you pointed out. So I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by it. And, and I hope it spurs more people to sort of educate themselves. And instead of looking at it like a crazy gamble that's going to pay off and be easy money, Perhaps maybe it could spur people to learn a bit more and, and understand how these markets work. Yeah, I think it's interesting how <laughs> I've seen some smaller conversations, how this this whole fiasco, if you want to call it that, has sort of driven more people to Bitcoin. And I did, I did doge. just out of curiosity, just, just check. My Ethereum is up. So, I mean, I guess it's fine that this is a side effect of, I don't know, utter disaster for our, our typical monetization institutions but it's just funny how so many long-standing things that that we've sort of taken for granted and assumed it wasn't for us us being non-billionaires and they're just being completely dismantled right now and it's it's something it's something to see do you just anecdotally do you do you have any friends that have gotten sort of involved in this or do you know any folks that (laughs) jumped in and and bought GameSpot or GameStop uh, stock not really. I mean, Gary would have jumped in just long enough to get the Beats headset and then he'd pop back out. But other than that, uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen anybody who's actually uh, gone in too deep aside from just, you know, haha, my twenty dollars is now 30 and then and then it's over. Yeah. Well, I hope you know, I hope uh, these these retail investors, these these young people in particular who are energized and, and doing it, I hope they I hope it works out well for them. But I, you know, I, I fear it might not. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, talking about uh, big gains, we'll keep it in them, getting them gains. Um, Game Pass and Microsoft's um, second quarter, I think, uh, statement came out. It has grown to 18 million subscribers. I'm not sure how many of those are still right in that $1, you know, transition or, you know, like introductory price. And their gaming revenue uh, was up as well. $5 billion between Xbox and PC, which was a 51% growth. 
and it was 15 million Game Pass subscribers in September last year. And it's, you know, the Xbox Series S, uh, which I have, which I think is largely just a Game Pass machine (laughs) with no disk drive. Yeah, you can buy other games too, but in the Series X and people kind of buying in, it seems like, to that ecosystem of Game Pass and full backwards compatibility and all of your games kind of being in one place. Um, I think it's encouraging. It's really interesting to see. And I think it's a big story because I think because of this um, success, we're going to continue to see more and more of it. I think it'd be a different look if it was like, oh, in September it was 15 million and now it's down to 10 and, you know, Steam individual sales are up X, Y, Z. But it looks like people are interested in this subscription service and, you know, Microsoft is certainly interested in it, as we talked about <laughs> you know, last week with the quick whiplash of the games with gold going or Xbox Live gold going away or getting expensive and then coming back. Um, Very good marketing study. That right. Level. Yes. All, in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what your take is on, on, on Game Pass then broadly. Like we know what the goal is, right? For Microsoft, it seems, is to get everybody over there. Um, people are getting there but maybe not as fast as Microsoft wants them to be. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. another news story that we saw this week was uh, the medium, which is a game we'll be talking about in the playlist, uh, evidently recouped its entire development cost in the first week. And I got to think a lot of that's game pass. Oh yeah. Right. Because I don't think they just sold a bunch of copies off the, off the shelves, like a, like a traditional release. I mean, it was a very prominent game pass game. That's why I played it. Uh, because I got Game Pass anyway. And so there has to be some, I mean, we don't know the inner workings of how Microsoft shares that revenue, but it's got to be doing well for developers if that's the case as well. I, I'm making a lot of assumptions there, but I think that's that's true. Um, Rihanna, what do you what do you think about what Christian brought up? The this Do you think that this the success of Game Pass means that we're going to see more of these kinds of uh, subscription services because the subscription services we've seen so far don't really work that way, you know? And I think Microsoft is kind of leading the way in a large sense. Yeah, it's interesting because for for a while there, everyone had their own, right? Um, But now that, what is it, EA is rolled up into Game Pass Ultimate. If you have it, you can cross-play and cross-save everything from your Xbox, whichever one you have, or your PC, or even your mobile device if you're playing on the cloud. Uh, It's just so dang convenient. (laughs) Like, it's, it's hard to say no to that much flexibility. And... To, to speak to what it's doing for the, the I guess I, w- I would call the medium a double A game and, and also in the indie space, it's, it's honestly wonderful for discoverability. I probably never would have heard of Donut County or I wouldn't have played Spirit Fair without right. Game Pass. And not only that, but like, like it, it sort of surfaces games that maybe you would never have heard of. And then you tell your friends and then you do some cross play and then you challenge each other and test just effect connected to get on the leaderboard. And, you know, it, it just brings so much, um, so much freshness to your game library when we're all stuck at home and you can't go to a store and browse, even if you wanted to, it's not very safe and who knows what's going on with GameStops in real life right now. So I think it's fantastic. Um, I used to work at Xbox, so full disclosure, I do know a little bit about how all of that works on the back end. But I fully maintain, like, I play every system. We have two of each thing in this house. And I play my Xbox most often because it just has so many different games. And 
one easy price. And not only that, but just the fact that I can just go in, put in my old controller, and then start playing a brand new game without any setup. I don't have to download both versions like I do on the PlayStation. It's it's just a lot easier. And I think that's a great sell for folks who want to give their their family a nice little Christmas upgrade or, you know, want to do something nice for somebody because they just got some stock from GameStop. You know, it's it's a very simple entry point and you can grab them a Series S or, you know, boot up the computer and put on Game Pass Ultimate and you have hours and hours of games and tons of variety at, at all available to you. So I'm a huge fan, the biggest fan of Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, I am too. I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time. It, it, I just, I want more copycats. You know, yeah. I want, I want every, I want Sony to start doing it. Oh, I want Nintendo they, to do it. I, they can't though, Jeff. WB patented it. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, uh, another bit of, of, uh, of, uh, a statistic here in this new story, uh, Xbox hardware grew by 86% and the two consoles, the Xbox series S and X, uh, combined sold more than any other Xbox console in Microsoft history at launch. Pretty good news. I mean, we knew that the that sector has, was doing very, very well. We yeah. knew that um, you know the consoles were were hard to find and, and flying off the shelves. But uh, it sounds like you know it really is a massive uptick. And you know, Microsoft stock went up. Speaking of stocks, Microsoft stock went up, buoyed by the games division. Right, games at Microsoft are are really leading the way in the company. Uh, to a large extent. Yeah. Um, and without Halo, which is <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't right. have called it. I would not have called that much success without Halo. Yeah. It said of the $5 billion in revenue, the gaming division made $2 billion came from third party, meaning games sold on Xbox platforms and services. And looking ahead, Microsoft expects the next quarter to see growth of around 40% in the games division with 20% in services and content. Uh, so they're seeing it continue to trend upward. I mean, that kind of overlaps with this, with other, this other story that I find interesting, you know, 85% biggest uh, Xbox console launch in Microsoft's history. But at the same time, AMD is saying there's going to be more chip shortages. We're going to have uh, a problem through the entire first half of 2021. So all the folks that are still trying to get their Xboxes or PlayStation 5s are and, and PC MD chips as well are going to have or continue to have a hard time. Um, and I think, Rihanna, I think this may point to the problem that maybe we didn't see coming when we heard that both Microsoft and Sony were going to be using the same chip manufacturer <laughs> for, <Yeah>. their, <laughs> for their consoles. We all thought, oh, Synergy, but third parties will have no problem. We didn't anticipate, oh, maybe AMD, like, can't keep up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, demand shortages—they they're the worst, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, it's it, there's always something, right? You can't ever have a perfect scenario where we get all of the amazing new new systems and everything's available day one, and you don't have to sit in a thousand waiting rooms and <laughs> trying to refresh your page over and over again to get the new PS5. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it it sucks, but you know they'll they'll come around eventually. Everything's really tough right now for manufacturing, especially and. I I'm always more concerned with is it safe? Like, are we making sure that nothing is falling to the ground in order to get us our systems? Yeah. Uh, but I get it. Gamers can get impatient sometimes. Yeah, and I, I you know I'm, I I understand. I, I like this quote, Christian. AMD president and CEO Lisa Su mentioned that quote overall demand exceeded the company's planning. <laughs> That's bad planning. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it is and it isn't right. Like. Uh, Again, we're in very unique circumstances right now. 
And who's to say, you know, when we were doing this show last year, Jeff, I think we talked about like, oh, I hope there's not stock shortages because of this little bug that only is her people in China. What's it called? I don't, you know, like whatever is like, you know, it was in the U.S. Now we've learned, but like we people in the U.S., we weren't really hip to COVID yet. Right. And like, so we're in a very, hopefully <laughs> in the long tail of our lives, uh, this will be a unique little window, but the circumstances are, are, are very odd. And, and gaming is certainly an industry that has boomed because of it. Uh, it was already on the uptick and, you know, making more than other forms of media and this, that, and the other, but to go into this year with new consoles, people already being excited for them, but it also being like one of the few things you can pin your hopes, wishes, and dreams on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the few purely safe things to do is stay in your house and play video games. Yes. Double down on buying a new console. Yeah. (laughs) That hole in your heart with something. Right. And also, um, as we talked about, uh, for game pass, it's, it's to stay connected with friends, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's among us, which you can play on anything, but like that idea of, of multiplayer and staying connected and, and then on these new consoles, AMD, it's not as if AMD paper launched these chips because Xbox is saying we've sold more than any other launch. So right. should they have planned better? Yeah, maybe. And I think PlayStation put out something similar where it was like the largest first, whatever, but like, Mm-hmm. It's hard to plan for unprecedented success, I think. I suppose that's true. But also, you know, can you imagine the alternate reality where Intel is providing chips for one of the consoles and AMD the other? And it, and so maybe either both can keep up or one is available and the other is not. Well, I can you picture know? the alternate reality where uh, NVIDIA is making GPUs and they're also not available, you know, like... <laughs> right. And I, I love, I love my 3080, but they're still not easy to find. And so I don't, I don't think this is down to AMD making both. I think it's just what a year. <laughs> yeah. And I will say I'm, I am no analyst by any means, but <laughs> I've, I've heard many it conversations. Us, it doesn't stop us. So please feel free. <laughs> well, I, I was part of many conversations maybe further back over the summer where everyone was like, well, I don't know what people will spend money on in the in the holiday season and what will be important to them to to purchase and a lot of folks said maybe consoles aren't as popular this time around and who boy are we wrong (laughs) Um, i mean good for microsoft good for sony but you know it it was a question of whether or not either of these systems would be huge sellers in the holiday because you know things are so tight tight right now for for a lot of families so yeah it's an interesting set of problems and i guess good for amd you know they have some some work to do to catch up on, but yeah, there's the high demand. Yeah. I'm, you know, for folks that haven't gotten a hold of, of the systems and are still trying, it sounds like it's not going to get any easier for several months. And that's, that's a bummer, but uh, you know, hopefully, you know, they're in this story. Also, they're talking about how they've, they're bringing on new uh, capabilities and added capacity for the second half of 2021. So we shall see. Uh, my actual story of the week though, is something Christian was alluding to. I, I find so interesting because it's something I've just offhandedly said a number of times over the last several years since Shadow of Mordor came out. Uh, <laughs> the first one, uh, we thought we all thought the Nemesis system was so revolutionary and interesting and and fascinating, and it just seemed like one of those things that was going to show up everywhere. Once mm-hmm. Shadow of Mordor innovated on it, it felt like it was going to be one of those things that you were just going to see in every game because why not? It makes sense. It's brilliant. It's a new innovation in the way that 
video games evolve and everybody copies everybody. Well, it turns out, uh, according to a, uh, a patent that has been spied uh, by folks at the Game Makers Toolkit, uh, evidently the WB patented the Nemesis system, which is why we haven't seen it show up in a whole bunch of other games. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey had something kind of similar with its mercenaries system, but it didn't work exactly the same. And overall, we really haven't seen anything else. And it's because legally they, they got the rights, you know, they got the rights locked down. Um, uh, rock, paper, scissors pointed out that, uh, this isn't the only system that's patented by a game maker that Bioware patented that dialogue wheel that you remember from, uh, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And that take two, I filed a patent uh, related to AI navigation developed by Rockstar, which is evidently why cyberpunk doesn't have good AI navigation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think about this, Brianna? I, I, for me, this sort of solves the mystery that I've been curious why we hadn't seen it, but I kind of feel like it's not good news, right? I don't want these things to be locked down. I like it when people borrow and and steal, you know, uh, to 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 make something better yeah, based on somebody it, else's inspiration, right? It's it's tricky, right? Because you, you want people to get credit and the, you know the proper um, compensation for their innovative ideas, right? So that's why patents exist in the first place. Well, maybe part of the reason. Um, But when Apex Legends put out that ping system and then it immediately popped up in Fortnite, there weren't a lot of people like super bummed out. Like it was great because now Fortnite is more accessible to those who don't feel comfortable doing comms or who can't do um, audio in their games. So there's... There's good and bad to it, of course. And uh, I apologies. I immediately go to Battle Royales because that's my wheelhouse. But No, I think that's a perfect example, you know, like, and, and I guess you could just use Fortnite for almost anything. Like somebody made a good idea and then Fortnite, Fortnite took it, took it. <laughs> every time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame we aren't going to see more of the Nemesis system because I think it did have amazing um, effect on the storytelling and, and the immersion uh, of Shadow of Mordor. And, and it could be put to very good use in a lot of games, even smaller games. And, you know, we're probably going to talk a little bit more about the medium later, but there are a lot of studios in the AA space and a lot of storytellers in the AA and indie space who would probably turn that completely on its head and give us something we couldn't, we didn't even imagine. And it's a shame because they probably don't have the capability because, you know, they would need to buy the rights to do so. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses to it, uh, uh, 100% for people owning their IP, but it it would be cool to see what maybe smaller, more, more nimble, more fresh-minded studio could do with the nemesis nemesis system. Uh, Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with both of those assessments. You're right to point out that people should benefit from their innovation. Um, But also, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think you're absolutely right that it'd be cool to see what a small nimble team taking that idea and running with it or bending it on its head in ways that maybe the folks at WB never would have intended. I, yeah, I, th- that's how, that's how things continue to get cooler is that somebody's twists on somebody else's idea, but you're right. You're right that, you know, these, these things exist so that folks, you know, who innovate get, get money <laughs> for <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, Christian, what's your take on this? Yeah. I, I didn't really dive into the full patent and kind of, you know, try to break it apart. I'm curious, you know, how you can circumvent it. Like what a lot of times tech patents, in my opinion, are very overly broad and wouldn't hold up in court. 
Um, but do you want to spend the money litigating it? Probably mm-hmm. not. And it's like a system that brings an enemy back from a prior version, a prior interaction in the game. Like, what did you, what did you do here? What is that? That's not, a, I, so I don't know if that's what this is, but I feel like other games have used some systems that are somewhat similar. So I'm curious to what extent, you know, what's actually patented and, and to what extent other devs can look to do something that is as rewarding. Like I, it's not, the actual systems I think that were done in shadow mortar, I think is interesting. I, can I, can yeah, I read you the patent? You want to sure. read it? I'll just read you the, the, the abstract, the uh, overarching yeah, yeah, uh, description yeah. methods for managing non-player characters and power centers in a computer game are based on character hierarchies and individualized correspondences between each character's traits or rank and events that have involve either non-player characters or objects. Players may share power centers, character hierarchies, non-player characters, and related quests involving the shared objects with other players playing separate and unrelated game instances over a computer network, with the outcome of the quests reflected in the different games. Various configurations of game machines are used to implement the methods. Yeah, so, so one, like the abstract, like <laughs> an executive summary, to that, to me, I'm just listening to that just alone seems like it's more multiplayer based and like I did a thing and then you're doing a thing again I purposely did not dive into the actual (laughs) but I think there are still ways that you could use something that's interesting um to the point of you know patents rewarding creators yeah I, I understand that I like it it's when it's a large company that owns the patent the creator's not the one getting rewarded you know what I mean um let's not kid ourselves here because it's owned by I'm just looking at this patent for the first time now, and it's fascinating. It's many, 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 many pages. But the best mm-hmm. thing about it is it's like an official – I mean, obviously, I just read you a chunk of legalese sounding gobbledygook. Uh, and so it's it's much of that. But then the like <laughs> the examples that they have to cite of how these things work, it's like <laughs> it's like the hate of bodyguard suffering becomes enraged when more of his bodyguards are attacked. Hate of burns becomes enraged when he burns. It's like this official, you know, legal document where they're talking about these crazy, you know, orc commanders. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm curious that there's several, you know, gosh, I wish I remembered the example. It's not falling in my head right now of like a a jump in a 3D platformer, you know, it's just like what yeah. like collecting items spread out across a, and you're just like uh no so again i did not do the the deeper dive on this i did see it as the higher level headline um i think we'll still continue to see some innovation in that in that space and then to me i guess the bigger question then if wb let's assume they have this really locked down isn't why didn't other games use it why the heck didn't WB <laughs> use it? Well, more? they came out with Shadow of Mordor too, and I don't know right. if you remember that, but they, yeah. yeah, that's those are the two instances. Like, yeah. put that patent yeah. to work, man. You know, yeah, make yeah. some games. Yeah, make some more games. Use use it. I think it's an awesome system, and it also brings to mind the fact that someone at the patent office had to realize that no one had ever done that before. Right? They had to verify the fact that it's a unique idea in a uh, video game. A lot of patents are kind of just approved and then litigated later um, <laughs> or challenged. Uh, anyway, that's, a different, that's a different show. We could do our game stonk show and then we could do <laughs> yeah. like problems with U.S. patents and copyright. We're, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're blazing new trails. We're uh, in new frontiers of DLC this week. Uh, Stick to games, baby. 
<laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's let's get back into our own wheelhouse and talk about the games that we've been playing. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Squarespace. Oh, boy. I've been using Squarespace for over a decade. It's great. JeffCanada.com was built on Squarespace. I love it. I recommend it to anyone in my family, my friends, anybody that comes to me and says, hey, you are on the internet a lot. I want to make a website. How do I do it? I go, that's easy. Squarespace.com slash Jeff Kanata. You don't have to hire anybody. You don't have to learn HTML. You just make it yourself. You go over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You pull up one of their templates. They have a number of them that are all professionally designed by world-class designers. And then you start making the website all your own. You move stuff around, you drag and drop, you slide things over. It's so simple. You can blog or publish content. You can sell products and services. You can even, you just drop in e-commerce functionality. It's so simple to make a storefront. Uh, You can announce an upcoming event or special project. There's so many cool ways to showcase your work. We all need websites now more than ever as everybody's staying home. It's the only way we connect with folks. Build your website using the powerful tools that Squarespace makes available to you. Make it yourself. It's simple. It's so easy to make something that looks slick and cool that you're proud of, but it has all the functionality that you would want. But there's never anything to patch or upgrade. You don't have to worry about that. It all works for mobile right out of the box. It has built-in analytics if you want to watch your your website grow over time and manage that. It's so simple, powerful tools on the back end as well. And you have 24-7 award-winning customer support if you run into any problems. It's great. Make it yourself. Head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Jeff sent me to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. I've been spending a lot of time just checking out domains on Squarespace sites. So it's so cool. The tool they have, you put in a phrase, it gives you over 200 extensions to choose from. It's so easy and slick. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. That's your promo code as well for 10% off. Time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Brianna, what is on your playlist this week? This week, I've been playing, oh, so much Apex Legends um, and getting ready for Season 8 dropping on Tuesday. Ooh. Uh I've been actually, this is very, very nerdy. I've been watching YouTube videos on how to get better at aiming. And I've been using an aim trainer and trying to like improve my target acquisition, playing with my my FOV settings. I'm really trying to be decent. Right now I'm like passable. I would like to get decent and then maybe one day good, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. I'm reminded of my journey in, in down the rabbit hole of uh, of MOBAs and and of um, uh, Heroes of the Storm in particular, where I like I started playing and then I got serious and then I was like, I'm going to coach. I'm going to get a coach. <laughs> Tell me what your your aim trainer does, like how it function functionally. Yeah. Why are you using it? What does it help with? Yeah, so it's similar to you know just like hand eye coordination apps that you would use just to get better at your um your response time. So there are different things where a block will light up. You see how long it takes you to click it, and then you try to do it across different parts of the screen. You know, trying to get better peripheral vision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
just practice and they'll give you little dummies that you can try to follow and, you know, train your, your, uh, reticle on to see if you can, you know, do a little bit more strafing and then keeping your, your gunfire centered on one point. And yeah, it's, I don't know if it's helping, but it's something to do because, you know, I'm just here in the house. So (laughs) I've been doing that. Do you enjoy the process of, uh, you know, like going out on the, it's the equivalent of going out and practicing your dribbling or something in a basketball player, right? Yeah, go go and do my my practice time, and then yeah. I go and play a few actual rounds, and then I'm done for the day. It's uh, it's become a discipline, I guess. So, yeah, instead of actually working out, I've been I've been improving my target acquisition in Apex. Um, That's in addition amazing. to playing so much Tetris Effect Connected, and Christian, I can't wait to talk to you about this because Danny and I have been trying to go after this raid boss for the past month and a half. And we're on level five of the raid boss and we cannot crack it. And it is haunting my dreams. And I got to say, I can't put it down. I hate it. Every time I go in, we go in, we beat the first level of the boss. We beat the second level of boss. And then they hit us with a whole bunch of issues. And then we, we completely crash and burn. And then we, we hit continue and try again and we can't stop. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've watched, uh, what was your scale? Decent. Uh, okay, decent. I've watched a decent amount of, of of you guys playing Tetris. Uh, not a good amount yet. I'm not at the top tier. Um, uh, it, that Jeff and I have said many times. Objectively, best game of all time, Tetris. Yes. Broadly, um, there are some very bad games of Tetris out there. Tetris Effect, the Tetris Effect Connected. Dare I say, cream of the crop. Like. Mm-hmm. There's the GBA, a GBA Game Boy, and old school, and then like what Tetris Effect has done is just like Chef's Kiss, incredible. Um, what I think is so brilliant about Connected and some of these attacks or yeah, raid bosses, yeah. it's just like breaking down the pattern, or because like so much of Tetris and like competitive Tetris often is um, just lining up your T spins. You know, mm-hmm. just, just lining up your T-spins, uh, setting things up for success later, being aware of where you are and where you're going to build your wells. And I am i don't play as much as, as you and Danny are playing, but just kind of like reacting and seeing how garbage is going to affect you or what the best strat is to get into something. And then also not realizing how much time has gone by. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I would love to spend a little time here. And and for people that haven't taken the plunge maybe on Connected yet and are maybe waiting for the, the free update to come to Tetris Effect. Because um, I, I, I think I watched some of your journey beginning. Like, what, what was the thing that brought you into that level of Tetris? Because it is a very different Tetris than when most people think of as like, Oh yeah, I use the long piece to clear four lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not using an aim trainer, but it's like, okay, I'm gonna set up the T Tetramino to knock this down to hit this. It's like, what was your journey into that and how have you seen it reflected back and, and connected? Yeah, um, like most things, it I was inspired by trying to beat my friends. So uh <laughs> Tetris Effect Connected, which is another game pass game, by the way. Um has an additional element of multiplayer where you have leaderboards, you have different challenge modes where you can try to beat your friend's scores. Um, They have ways that you can play together with folks three versus one. Sometimes that one person is another player. Sometimes it's an AI. And in the case when it's an AI for the raids, they send you attacks and they are absolutely brutal. And 
I got into it originally just trying to beat Danny and his brother on the leaderboards. And uh, as soon as they let me know, oh, there's a three versus one mode, I said, oh, well, why not? Why not try that? You know, uh, instead of throwing punches at each other every other day, let's let's see if we can team up together and tackle a boss. And we quickly learned it's not easy. Um, and Tetris is often regarded as an easy game. And there are definitely levels to the difficulty and connect affected specifically or sorry, affect connected specifically. And it's pretty similar, Christian. I got to say, I started looking up YouTube tutorials for Tetris as well. I started studying T-spins and figuring out what the Tetrimos are and and when it's a Pitimos where it's five instead of four and, and trying to figure out what different attacks are going to come based on what type of boss it is. And it's a deep, deep well of completely unusable knowledge in real world. But I am, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I don't know. Have you ever, you ever put things in the back of a car you know you gotta you gotta fit it in just right it does help it does help with packing the freezer with a bunch yeah. of food that is inevitably gonna end up getting thrown away in about a month so it's, it's, right, it's right. a deep well but it's on the left center side of the matrix which is where you want to set up to have room for your teaspoon so it's where exactly. you want it i find it fascinating how connected it kind of has carved its own path away from tetris 99 which is also competitive and allows for you know, garbage and various attacks, but each game still feels very unique to me. And especially like the three V one, it's still, some of it is similar to how 99 handles its um, battles, but I think there's something really beautiful about having squad mates with you basically Mm -hmm. and kind of working in concert. We're timing your different line clears to, to have an impact. And then of course it's just stunning and beautiful and and the music is fantastic, but yeah. Some of the best music in any game ever. It's, True. Uh, that, really honestly, I've been playing a lot of Tetris, Tetris Effect Connected as well uh, on PC in VR. Mm. And I've been playing it in a completely different way. And that is not caring very much and just zoning out and feeling like it's this wonderful, soothing, meditative respite from the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've re- I really enjoy it that way. And, you know, yeah, am I trying to create Tetrises and you know, score and continue on and, and, you know, finish each level. Yes. But I'm very much just uh, like zoning out and zenning out mm-hmm. to, to the beauty of the game. Uh, but I, I love that it has that layer of like competitiveness as well. Yeah. It, it, there is so much game to Tetris effect connected that I did not realize. And nearly anybody who happens across our streams or, or I talk to, like even my mom is playing it nonstop now. Anybody who I just, I say, just turn it on, just try it. And my mom plays on PC and, and they, they, they boot it up. They're either in VR sitting in front of their screen and they, they hear the music and they, they see that the little lights go off the first time they make a line and, you're immediately just delighted. Like it's a delightful game and we need a lot of that right now. So 100% if you haven't tried it, if you have game pass, it's a must play made by a true master of the craft as well. Any indeed go go pick up that catalog of all of them. It res is on game pass now as well too. I think I thought it was. Yeah. I love this window that we're sort of getting into your, your methodology where you, you start with like, I just kind of want to beat my friends. And then it's like, yeah. I want to learn everything I need to learn to be a master. <laughs> it's so great. It's so cool. I love that. <laughs> Blessing and a curse, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is on your playlist? I've uh, been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's kind of like my play 15 minutes before I go to bed game. I have it on my Switch Lite. 
And I'm actually playing in Spanish because I'm attempting to relearn. I've lost all of my high school Spanish. So I figured, wow. you know what? I'm, I'm here. I got a lot of free time right now in quarantine. Might as well brush up some old skills. And uh, I, think, I nice. take it back. I don't like this anymore. You're making me feel like I don't do anything <laughs> with my life. This is like, all video I'm, games. So I you know, think. but it's like you're making yourself better by pl- playing video games. I'm like, also I like, playing to, play, I like to play at night because the daytime is hard and I just want to be in vr and not be in the real world and we're like yeah i'm learning spanish and i'm becoming a more precise player and i'm about to you know join the global leaderboards and uh i'm actually living on an island right now because i'm playing animal crossing anyway danny and i are building an <laughs> island we, it's, it's fun you can live here now it's really great um, we've actually recreated the stock market there's these little bells <laughs> amazing Have anyway, you met sorry, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Chris and I both have loved uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, uh, but you're saying it, it plays great on Switch. That's, it I does. It yeah. does. It's it's hard to see. Honestly, it's a little small, and like I said, I have a Switch Lite, so yeah, the screen's tiny. Um, it's not as beautiful when you can't behold it in a full 1080p or even 4K if that's your jam. But yeah, it's a, it's a good pick up and put down game for me. You know, um, everything else I play is a little bit more. Uh, competitive so yeah. it, it's it's a relaxing respite before i shut it down for the day and um recently as in this past week i played my first hour or two of sea of thieves and it was utter chaos absolute <laughs> ridiculousness um people got launched off of ships by accident um i think a, a, a skeleton actually killed me on the respawn island at one point it, it was just nonsense and i had a fantastic time how many days out are we of you watching YouTube videos for stress? Like where we're at the beginning now. Where's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're at day zero of like oh, I'm going to become a real pirate. <laughs> Check in with me in a week. We'll see how yeah, it's yeah. going. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 Steve Themes seems to be still going strong. Another, you know, another ad for <laughs> Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, no reason not to give it a shot. And if you've got friends, sounds like you got a group of friends that all play, right? Um, we all played for the first time together, so that's why it was awful and and also great. <laughs> I think that's kind of the the hook, though. Like, is is the chaos? Is the is the that a pirate mishaps? Joke? Oh, ah, it is a pirate joke. I didn't even know I was making it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire there. That's all. I can't stop <laughs> that. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? Well, first, I just want to point out, and I'm here with you, Jeff. I I caught the sadness in your eyes when you were like, "I mean, that sounds really funny." You have friends. Um, do you playing these game with? Because I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have friends. I have children. I don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's one you. or the other these days. I, <laughs> There's no Venn diagram of, of that <laughs> lifestyle anymore. <laughs> well, I'll start with playing a game with my friends, my children. Um, I've been, also been playing a lot, so I, I don't know how long I've been going. I can talk for a little bit. I'll try to no, pepper, fine. Yeah, pepper in. Um, I can roll. If you go back into the DLC episode, Wayback Machine, to, gosh, October, maybe? I talked about how I bought Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which is the AR game, comes with a little cart, you drive it around in your house, um, we finally opened it. I had it in a box, in its box, like in a just the shipping box, sitting there. And I kept waiting for the moment to like open it up. I thought I was like, oh, over winter break, the kids will be bored and we'll need something to do, and we'll I'll open it up then, and it'll be a lot of fun. And they weren't bored; they were very busy. They had, they had a lot of fun. Um, and this past week here in Los Angeles, it has rained. We got like our two days of rain. Um, that Los Angeles gets and like a lot of rain this past um, weekend or last week here in, in Los Angeles. I think it was because 
we added solar. So it was like, haha, sucker, not anymore. Um, <laughs> but I finally came up with, I was like, let's open it. It's rainy. We're stuck inside. We're going to open this thing and play it. It's awesome. It really? is yeah. awesome. Like, let me copy you that. Explain that. Explain the, yeah. like, the setup process yes. and how cumbersome it is in the house, all that stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to back it up. So Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is, um, it, it, it's an extension of like quirky Nintendo. It's Labo. It's, um, oh gosh, what was the other thing they did? Ring Fit Adventure. Ring Fit Adventure. Yes. It's all of that stuff that I own all of it. And so, uh, I'm going to do a quick roll. One sec. One sec. What just happened? He's leaving? He, he did a roll. Because it's here, um, for our, our viewers. I mean, these are the gates. You can see it the size of my head. It's oh, four. Those are big. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. It's, Four of these, and then you have wow. a couple of arrow, you know, like cardboard, just like it's like you're turning this way that you get to set up around. So when you set this thing up, you you put those four gates kind of in your place, and then you have your little car, and you're playing on screen or on your TV, but you're driving this probably like six inch, eight inch Mario Kart car around your actual house. And so then to make the course, you set up the gates and you have to start at one and then come back at one. So it's always a loop. Um, but it doesn't just need to be a circle. You then drive Mario however you want, going through the gates in order and then back to complete the track. So you can do figure eights or have all these oh, kinds it of sets. It sets the track in your first drive through. Correct. Correct. Okay. So there's no loops, but otherwise you can kind of drive it around however you want. And then you go back and, and hit start, you know, say I want to race now or do a time trial or do a circuit and other little guys populate into it and question marks that you're getting and all of those things. And you, you race and your little cart is zooming around either at 50, hundred or 150 CC and you're throwing items and you're, you're playing Mario. It feels a little harder to me than eight, but I also haven't played eight in a long time, but I was getting wrecked <laughs> on a hundred. Okay, so, so before you even get to there, I, I have, how idiot proof is the course creation process or how restrictive is it? Like, can you easily make a course that just is that don't work? <laughs> no, it, it has to work. Right. I mean, you have to, it, they throw like imaginary paint on your tires and you drive around your area and then it right. doesn't stop until you get back to where you started. It's like, okay. you have to drive through the four gates in order one, two, three, four, and then you have to come back to where you started and that's your course. So like what, what can make it, so in that sense, it's very idiot proof. What makes it difficult then is you don't have all the signposts that Mario Kart would normally have. Like you're just, mm -hmm. you see the course on the ground, but if you were to do an area of the course where you went straight and then came back and kind of snaked through your straight line a whole bunch. Yeah. It would be confusing. It would be confusing because you wouldn't have enough signposts to tell you like left, right. You know, like those kind right. of visual tells that racing games have in their courses but that's just you purposely making a dumb course, <laughs> you right. know, that's but the idiot can, part of idiot proof. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can see I'm speaking the, from experience <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing the game, you can see, you know, the course in, in game. So you can, you can stick to it and you see the road. And I think it gives you, I'm looking over like two like arrow signs that you can kind of set up to, um, telegraph some of those things if you do if you're going straight and then you have like a big kind of blind turn coming up or something like that um, you guys have a, a relatively open space in your house for this like it needs a i mean judging by the size of that thing you just held up it needs a pretty big area right 
Yeah. And then it tells you to put like heavy books on these flaps to keep it down because yeah. unlike, oh, my Mario knowledge is going to be uh lack of knowledge. I, what's the guy called on the cloud that gets you? I don't know. But like no one oh, gets lack you. Of two, lack, of, lack of something? I don't, yeah, I don't know. You could have said anything and I'd be like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, you go off, if you go off course, no AI is bringing you back to course. Like, right. Right. You're, your it's daughter, a physical thing that went off course. Yeah. Your daughter will send her little sister to go get it. But right. And like when you bonk, like if you hit a banana peel, your character in game goes like, blah, 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 blah. And the cart actually stops, but it doesn't spin. And you can right. hit a, a chair leg and you actually hit a chair leg and it's a physical object. So it might go like sideways. So the gates, it tells you to put heavy books on. Because otherwise, you could hit a gate and then you move the gate out of the way, and the game's kind of like, oh, right. it's not there. It does not compute. Do, do, yes, wood RC, floors or hard floors and a good amount of space. Is the RC car itself well made? Like, does it is it robust? Is it able to go over carpet, for example? So yeah, I don't think you'll be able to go over carpet. Like, it's a race car, right, or, or a go kart. So it's not designed to go like up onto a rug um yeah. and then like off a rug and that kind of thing but we've crashed it a lot you know at a we haven't done 150 cc but we've run into things and tight turns and legs and stuff like that at 100 cc and it seems like it's it's does it's, it go does it actually go faster at a higher cc or does it just make the graphics of the thing go faster oh it actually it, it has to actually go faster because you're driving through real gates oh yeah that's true yeah. it's really cool. and you get a, a mushroom and it goes faster again it is in that huh. labo ring fit like mario kart 8 deluxe is a vastly superior game you know like play that but as a thing to do that's way better than it has any right being like the ar implementation is fantastic you kind of have to be a little closer to um the cart than i was hoping like our house is super old and kind of like spread out at the bottom it's a weird floor plan is what i'm saying and like because it's old the I can't go through walls as well. Like we can't be sitting in one room and driving off in another room. It'll be like, Oh, bad connection. Um, not a huge issue. It's just, you're not driving this thing around like a mansion sitting in one place. You know, you kind of have to follow it, but we set it up in our kitchen. And if you're doing grand prix, it asks like, do you want to rearrange the course? And you can like move the gates to make it different. Um, it still adds in then all this awesome AR stuff implementation of like, um oh gosh which cup was it maybe mushroom cup where like it adds 8-bit 3d representations of like 8-bit stuff that walk across the track like little goombas are there and they look very like original super mario brothers and then or the ice level so it looks like there's snow all around your house and they do like these work these uh snow hurricane uh, tornadoes that if they hit you you're Character stops at no natos. Yes, no natos. Yeah, uh, the name again is uh, PS Plow, <laughs> and it's really, really cool to see. And it's also just the thrill of early AR um, mm-hmm. of like this course goes under our kitchen table. You know, like yeah, and, and with young kids as well. Like I'm blown away, but they were also very blown. There was a lot of like my youngest putting her head down, and my oldest being like, "I am going to hit you. I am." Gonna hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, mom, you can't move your legs. You're part of the course. <laughs> Again, I had it for months and hadn't opened it. But now that we've opened it, we've used it a lot this past week. And it's super fun. And there's also just the um, free drive mode where you're just, yeah. my youngest likes to say, uh, I'm driving like a wild woman. And she just like chases <laughs> people and things around the house. Amazing. It's Mario Kart right. Live Home Circuit. It's, we only have one cart. 
Um, and again, Mario Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a better game, but this is way better than it has any business. It's really impressive. Hmm. Really I'm, impressive. I'm tempted. My son is so into... He's into Hot Wheels, and he loves uh, Mario on the 3DS, so this feels like a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you have you have the I, I know you could just set it up like around your kitchen like we do. I know I can I can picture where you'd put it. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, It'd be a lot of fun. Um, I talked about last week how every year I start my list of like faves of the year as as I kind of add to it over the year. Hitman Three was on that list. I've added a new game to that list. Celeste Classic Two, Lanny's Trek, Stealth well, launched. I know you love Celeste. Dude, yeah. Dude. Stealth launched on the third anniversary of Celeste, apparently made in three days. I don't want to not give what? credit to the team. And it's the cla- it's Celeste Classic. So she still has red hair. No, you don't play. You don't play as Madeline in Celeste, too. So it's not a red hair thing. Um, <laughs> she plays Lanny. It, it, it is the Pico 8 version. So it's like that Nintendo version, how Celeste first started before the full game came out. Absolutely incredible. My first time through, I think I cleared it in 34 minutes. So it's not, you know, Celeste, the the game that we all know, and it's probably on Game Pass. Um, it's very much the sequel to the Pico version of the game. But what uh, Extremely Okay Games, I believe, is is the company now, and 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 Maddie and that team, I think they're dare I say, if not unrivaled almost unrivaled and picking up that baton of super mario brothers world one one and the way that it because this celeste classic 2 which is free to play by the way you can just go online you can download it um itch.io um and just play it hook up controller you can play it on your phone i played it on my phone with uh my um backbone then i downloaded it on pc um but the way and there's not a narrative like the way the main game Celeste had it. But the way they introduce concepts and with each screen, like how they build upon the thing you just did Mm -hmm. is some of, if not the best in the business, it's like you presented this screen, you know, you have this grapple hook now and you're like, Oh, I can do it to do this. Oh, cool. How do I get across? Oh, I, I can kind of, if I, let go of the grapple. Now I'll kind of air launch over this. Oh, cool. And the next screen is like, yeah, now do that five times. And it's like, well, I did it once. I know I can. Oh, cool. I did it. Oh, cool. This is, this is fun. A little fun diversion. And it's like, yeah, now do that. And then wall jump off of it. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. And then it's like, it just builds and builds and builds. And then it like, let's says like, go play, you know, like here it is, go to town and you got to nail this. And it has the hidden strawberries. I believe there are 16. The most, I think I've, got her 12 um and when the music kicks in it's just absolutely incredible i easily would have paid 15 dollars for this like not I mean, probably more but like not knowing what it was being like oh cool and then i would not have been disappointed um in the package and the fact that it is it is free and kind of stealth launched that team blows me away absolutely blows me away if you like celeste at all I highly recommend it. Celeste 2, I think is maybe what it's called, but it's Celeste Classic. Again, Pico 8, um, Lanny's Trek, and it's it's free to play. Stream it. Cool. You can play it in browser. You can download it. It's exquisite. Right on. Absolutely. What else you got? Uh, I'll save the last one because I know we have one common, but 
this episode could just be another episode of ours that is uh, an advertisement for Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) This past week, I think, is that ad for Game Pass wrapped up in a bow so nicely with Cyber Shadow and Medium both coming out. Cyber Shadow... And Torchlight 3. And Torchlight 3? I'm super excited about Torchlight 3 on Game Pass. See, I don't even know. I don't (laughs) Yeah. So many games. Too yeah. many games, some might say. Um, Cyber Shadow is a throwback style. The timing is always perfect. I never <laughs> miss it. Nailed it. <laughs> it is a throwback style, 8-bit Ninja Gaiden uh, style game, but modernized. It's not as excruciating as, as some of those games, um, but still hard. I have not finished it. It is hard, um, but very much of that era. And then just stunning. I'm playing it. There's two filters you can turn on. One is CRT mode, which typically I leave off. It kind of adds those faux scan lines, but they have that. And then Cyber Shadow also has bad cables, which I think we all remember as a kid, Rick, you didn't quite have that RF switch plugged in right. And it looks oh, a little. Yeah. That's funny. Both of those on Cyber Shadow, the CTR mode and bad cables. That's how I've been playing the game exclusively. I think it looks, it's definitely a retro aesthetic, but it is so beautiful. Uh, and the soundtrack is just perfect. It's of that ilk, so it won't convince someone otherwise. But if you are looking for that retro action platformer style game, like a Ninja Gaiden of, of, of old, Cyber Shadow does it as good as any. Um, as you progress, you unlock more power-ups and you really kind of start to whip across screens and and you know be this assassin of, of these robots or whatever. I don't have them all unlocked yet. I'm still, I think, early in the game. Maybe a quarter through would be my guess because um, I kept going back to Celeste and then Medium. <laughs> but again, Game Pass. Yeah. You have it. Download it just to turn on CRT mode. million of you have it. You yeah. all have it. <laughs> just, just play the first level, CRT mode and yeah. uh, bad cables. My only nit about it this far is that I wish they modernized it a little bit more. Like, I, I wish there were save points a little more frequent. Like, I get it. It's more frequent than the games were before, but it's not quite frequent enough for me with kids. <laughs> uh, and I wish I could duck. There are a few, it's like, I get it. I know what you're going for, mm. but I want to be able to duck. <laughs> Cyber ninjas don't duck, dude. That's, that's canon. We know that. Yeah. You're meant to keep moving. Um, so that's Cyber Shadow. I'm going to take a breath and I'll let you set up the next game, Jeff, and then I can dive in on it also. Well, right. please do that. Cause oh, yeah? could I actually just give a quick shout out to filters and games? Cause I love them. Hearing that actually makes me want to kind of try this in Kurosawa mode and Ghost of Tsushima was absolutely gorgeous like being able to toggle back and forth between the original and the updated effects and the halo anniversary games like like can we get more filters and games please because they're delightful yeah i really enjoy them was it didn't um um oh god um there was a, a game that just did that like um uh, like crazy and it is why can I think of it? Uh, it's the um, the old mascot of the PlayStation Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of it. Uh, didn't Crash the Crash Bandicoot game like have like a bazillion D of those? I didn't play yeah. it. 
Uh, I think I think that one of the things I saw, I didn't play it either, but I I thought one of the um, promo things I saw was that you unlock these wacky, uh, very different um, yeah. filters in, in that game. But yeah. That sounds awesome. And Naughty yeah. Dog's been good with them in the past. Like Uncharted, it's like, mm-hmm. you can, I think you know, it's like 8-bit. It doesn't radic- you know, change the game, but it kind of puts it. I, again, I love it. And photo modes, I love. Oh, like, yes. I hate them because I'm like, I've only played this game for an hour. Ten hours later, I'm just like, say what you want about Cyberpunk. I love how you can repose your character. It's <laughs> so fun. And again, Ghost of Tsushima's photo mode is one of the best oh. in the business. And I think I filled up an entire, uh, you know, iCloud account with Spider-Man throwing peace signs. Oh, yeah. No, the best part of the Miles Morales is we actually, Danny and I actually recreated a shot that we took in New York. No in way! Miles Morales. And it, it's what a, a cool idea. Really, really cool. That's such a great idea to, you know, to recreate a photo you were in. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Uh, very cool. Sorry, um, sorry to sidetrack. That was just not at all. Shot. No, I loved it. Uh, let me just take a second and thank our second sponsor, which is Ritual. Hey, do you know, do you even know what's in your multivitamin? Are you taking a multivitamin? If you're taking a multivitamin and you don't know what's in it, first of all, you should be taking a multivitamin. Second of all, you should know what's in it. This is what Ritual's whole deal is sugars gmo synthetic fillers artificial colorants not to mention animal byproducts you don't want that in your multivitamin uh there's like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides sometimes all these ingredients you can find in multivitamins you don't want that the whole idea behind ritual is that the woman who created the company thought hey if i'm paying attention to the stuff in my food if i'm reading labels for my food I should probably be reading labels for my multivitamin, but they don't have labels, most of them. Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual is clean, vegan-friendly. It's made with a formula that has key nutrients in forms your body can actually use. None of those shady extras. It is reimagined, formulated uh, with uh, vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in your diet. And they have a fresh-tasting delayed release capsule that's designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach so you can take them with or without food. This is why my wife has been using Ritual for so long. She didn't want to have to worry about taking it with food. She wanted to take it when it was convenient for her. And that's how Ritual is designed. It doesn't have to be taken with food or give you an upset stomach. It's also traceable. You know where your nutrients come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And now they have uh, different versions of the Ritual Multivitamin for women, men, and teens. These are scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. It makes your health habits easy because you get a subscription to Ritual. So it's delivered right to your door every month with free shipping, always free shipping. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. It's super convenient. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, They'll refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash DLC to start your ritual today. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Medium. Uh, Rihanna, it sounds like you played this game too, or no? You just 
I haven't played. I've been observing passively while Danny plays. So I've only <laughs> seen parts of the game and got sort of like a, a firsthand look at the the difficulty when he's calling Paris to figure out what puzzle they're stuck on. But that's as far as I've gotten. Shots fired. Wow. I think I we I clear what side of that feud you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I like picturing some medium you play in two worlds. I like picturing Danny and Paris being like those two worlds, like they're mm-hmm. existing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh yeah, I mean medium is a game that like if it wasn't for Game Pass, I probably wouldn't have tried, you know? It it is it is not it's not my jam. It's really not my jam. Um I do appreciate the fact that it's kind of an old school adventure game that's delivered in a way that, that like you don't see anymore. The, the static camera angles like Resident Evil 2, you know, it's a throwback to those old early Capcom games where, yeah. you know, you walk around a corner and then the camera changes to another part of the room and you walk through that room and then you walk down the the hall and it, the camera changes to like above you on the hall mm-hmm. static camera angles. I, I was like, man, I didn't realize how much that was part of my like old DNA of those games. And I immediately had an affinity a nostalgia for those old games, them using it. But this is very much not a retro looking game other than that feature. It's beautiful. I mean, the engine is gorgeous and the game is very, very high fidelity. Um, but it is it is an adventure game. You are solving puzzles. You're experiencing a story, and the gimmick of Medium, as Christian mentioned, is you are playing these two worlds: this spirit world and the real world, many times at the same time. So the game will split the screen sometimes left and right, sometimes top and bottom, and it will put you into both worlds at the same time. So you're moving your character. You're seeing a cutscene. Quick, quick in pause. both worlds at the same time. Quick pause, Jeff. When you're in those two worlds, where where do you look predominantly? Mm. I switch back and forth all the time. Uh, but I think I would love to see the data of, because when you are in those worlds at the same time, oftentimes pushing X or pushing A on the yes. controller will do the same thing, but it's a different button for each side. So I'd love to see which button, I'm sure they have the data, uh, which button people push more, you know, I think that would reveal. Looking, yeah. yeah. Um, I find myself looking in the real world more often. It's like, I can't, there's nowhere to go. It doesn't like, I just look at my screen and I like, for, I'm just like, well, that's superfluous data. And I'm like, there's, you can't go any. Oh, oh, right. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, as slick as the gimmick is, I don't necessarily think it's, additive and it, mm. it, you know i get it i mean there are some puzzles where you have to go back and forth but like having a toggle between the two worlds would be just as effective really mm-hmm. and i don't know that actually splitting the screen it's kind of a neat thing that i've never seen before but i also don't feel like it actually actually makes the game any better i don't know if you disagree with that yeah I, what i like about it and again i'm I'm not sure. My my clock says I'm like four hours in, so I think that's close to halfway. Um, but I'm always a little not sure of those because I had to pause it for a while, and I don't know if my clock was running. Just well, dude, when the when the the game doles out achievements like they're going out of style, man, I was like, well, this game can't be that long. Yeah, I've you know, heard like, an achievement for doing everything. I've heard it's eight to ten, and so I'm just saying that I, again. I've played a lot this week, and I've kind of and I kept going back to Celeste. Um, 
But I, so I had not finished Cyber Shadow or Medium yet, and I, I really wanted to. What I like about the dual perspective or dual world at the same time is I do think it is, while a gimmick, it is a new version of that world switching. And I think there's, you know, we've all done like, I'm going to see this. Okay, I'm in this world, and I'm going to switch back. Okay, now I'm in this world, and I got, I got to do that. Now I'm in this world. Okay, now I'm going to look around here again. Now I'm in this world, I'm going to do that. And I think there's something really interesting about seeing both at the same time that's just like, oh, I know what I need to do. I'm going to need to heavily interact on this world, but not having that other screen go away to like, where was it again? Let me open the menu. Oh, there it was. Like, I think it's really cool to be able to see both of them at once and kind of put the puzzle together that way, even though you still, you can go out of body and go more into the spirit world for a while. Um, And there are other moments where you're just only in the real world and you can't see the spirit world at all. But yeah. I, I like it. It makes it it makes it feel um, fresh. I'm playing this predominantly on PC, um, and the ray tracing is beautiful. <laughs> um, but I'm also another reason I haven't finished it is I think I'm you know a good chunk through on PC. But I put another like 90 minutes in playing on my Series S because I wanted to see how it worked. Because Blooper Team did an interview where it's like, no, it works well on S because this is the f- first that's not it doesn't work on xbox one this is yeah, not i believe it is the first true next gen yeah me. and so i was super curious to see how it ran on an s and graphically yeah it's not like the ray tracing isn't there in the puddles and i i i, I live for that stuff <laughs> all about the puddles it is still a very beautiful game and i found myself just continuing to play it and being like oh wait a minute i, I need i should play the game i'm further ahead on and has those graphical graphical bells and whistles, but highly recommended on an S. I, I think it's still a stunning and beautiful game, and I really do. It feels like comfort scares to me. It reminds comfort scares. Me, <laughs> Explain. It reminds me so much of Resident Evil and Silent Hill, and it has this this haunt eerie feeling to it. In those uh, that static camera and tank controls air quote if you will where it's nostalgic so it's comfort you know it's in that way it's like putting on the old blanket and playing a a scary game again for a little bit that i find really welcoming and and really enjoyable in a way that you know is nostalgia making me think more of this game than i otherwise would i'm not sure but i'm really really liking it i think the voice work is phenomenal i think again the soundtrack is phenomenal and i i think the world they've built is is really interesting i mean i've been a fan of the team for a while i you know praised observer um whenever that was two years ago when that came out and i i got the press materials for this game and i it confirmed it for me but i i love stuff like this um where you start this game i immediately recognized it and i was like what what do I know this from? And that first apartment building is the same apartment building you go to an observer. Yeah. Like 40 years in the future, which I of nothing, but it's very cool. And I love that there's like this blooper yeah. universe. Well, we already designed an apartment building. We need another one <laughs> based on a real life apartment building in this country. Um, I really like this game. I, I think it's, it, it, it should be played again. Maybe it, falls off the cliff here at the end 
Um, but I think as this horror spooky experience, I, I think it delivers. And I think the puzzles are interesting and, and they feel fresh and new. And maybe it is just that, that world dynamic that I think it's super easy to recommend. Um, I really like it. I'm glad you like it. I, I, I definitely don't feel as high on it as you seem to be. I, um, I think it does a lot of interesting things and I agree about the voice acting is, is mostly, uh, stellar. Um, I, I wish it bums me out that the, uh, smashing you into the dual screen thing are set. They're set moments that the designers have decided that's when it happens. I wish it was a thing I could toggle at any time. And I, you know, and, and the entire game was rendered in both worlds and at any point, if I wanted to, I could switch over and maybe there's secrets here. I think that would be a much more free form. Um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'm going to make, make a really weird <laughs> reference that no one is going to get because I'm super old. But there is a game that was released a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen, called Thexter. And Thexter was a game, uh, a 2D side-scrolling game on PC only. I wish I could remember the company that made it. I want to say Interplay, but it may have been a different, it was different, somebody, Psionics or anybody. It doesn't matter. This game, Thexter, was like the first game where you played a jet that turned into a robot. And you could change back and forth between the jet and the robot anytime you wanted. And it blew my friggin' mind when I was a kid because every game up to that point, like... There's a level where you're, you know, if you're playing the Transformers game, there's a level when you're a diesel and the level when you're an Optimus Prime. And you don't get to decide because the game decides. And the, giving you that freedom, and I feel like that's where games have evolved into, is I have the freedom at any time to do whatever I want. And I, and I bummed me out that this game was like, no, there's set moments where you get to go between the two worlds. Yeah, medium to me... It, it, it's not full interactive media, but I would say it's it's like on a spectrum of like Minecraft to uh, what Bandersnatch. Like it's over the fifty percent towards Bandersnatch. Like it's it's an experience. Like it is a game right. to solve the puzzles, but I think that I don't know if it was a design limitation that made it that way, but I think that's kind of why it's that way. Like there is one path to this game. Right. You're probably going to play it once and go, cool. Yeah. And then not play it again. Um, but I feel like, you know, I, to me, that's similar to like uh, Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, right? Which I think is a much more interesting game than this to me. Um, and it didn't didn't feel as rote as this one seems to feel a bit. Again, I haven't finished it either, but... I bounced off of it a bit just because it just felt, you know, I, I thought that the story was interesting, but not, I didn't feel really compelled to find out what was going on. And the puzzles didn't feel super clever or, or fascinating. It just, all of it was like, not quite there. All of it was like a B, B minus to me. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm glad you're loving it. I, I wish I had loved it. And maybe if I gave it some more time, I would like it more. But I just felt like all of it was a little too constrained, a little too uh, forced. And I felt like if I had, I had a little more 
I was empowered a little more as a player and I had a little more freedom and really felt like I could explore this world instead of just moving to the next node and doing the next rote thing that I need to do, uh, I would enjoy it more. Well, yeah. That's I, off to you for playing a game that you knew wasn't your jam because it seems like you nailed it. Congrats. <laughs> I mean, that's like we've been saying it all episode, but it's like I, I would never have played this were it not for game. I mean, if I'd gotten a code, maybe I would have, but the Game Pass is like, why not download it? You know, why not give it a shot? Why not check it out? So. I do think the throwback nature of uh, static angles and tank controls is making me enjoy it more than maybe I otherwise would. Where I loved Silent Hill. I loved those old Resident Evil. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's that. It's a new one of those. And I love seeing it in a very beautiful game again, right? It's not like I'm not playing Resident Evil 1 again on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so I think that's very compelling. My two nits about the game from where I am so far is that Marianne, is that her, the character? Yeah. Something like that. Like, and I get it. It's horror. Yeah. But there are times where I'm just like, stop. Why are you Thomas called? (laughs) Leave Thomas alone, man. Like, there's no real compelling reason for you to be doing. I guess you're just, you're you're safe because you can walk in this world, but just, Go about your day, <laughs> you know? Well, she got a creepy phone call. She wants to find out what's going on, man. Yeah, right. I, I get it. I get it. And then I know there probably are games or media like this, so people can yell at them on our subreddit or tweet at me. But, like, can I have, like, a horror creepy game where I'm in another universe where it's not – the doors aren't made out of flesh? Like, <laughs> No. No, you can't. It's all flesh all the time. It's it's just like, you got flesh doors. I'm sorry. That's what we got. She's like, slice them slowly. Yeah, are these made out of skin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. The moment where she's like, I got to hop the fence and break into this abandoned, you know, I don't know. It's abandoned. It's abandoned for a reason. <laughs> just it's don't a, go in there. It's abandoned. You don't go into the abandoned. It's abandoned. Creepy guy walking in a path alone with eerie music playing. Friend I just met. Is that you? <laughs> no, it's not. Get on your motorcycle. Oh, go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Jeff, I know you're saying you're a lot of the parts of the medium that you've experienced have been more like a BB minus and not having played the game. I can't really give it a grade. But one thing that I have experienced is the music and the the audio direction and i've very much enjoyed watching someone else and listening to someone else play this game and gareth coker if you don't know he's the composer of ori will the wisp and ori uh, the blind forest he actually recently tweeted that it's some of the favorite audio in a game since hellblade and high praise coming from somebody who really really knows so I, i will say audio wise this game is beautiful yeah i think it's a great point yeah yeah it is uh it is beautiful. Um, and visually, I think it, it, it's lovely as well. I mean, it's really high, high quality uh, visuals, too. And I, I like to say, I'm curious what this team does next. I think they've yeah. made a string of good games, and this feels like a, it's still similar to, what is it, Layers of Fear and then Observer. Blair Witch before that. Yeah. But this in third person, and I feel like they're, they're skin door stretching, you know? Great <laughs> oh, <God>. visual. <laughs> uh they does microsoft own them at this point uh no no they just published this game countdown till microsoft buys them right i mean well they made all this money they may not need it yes good point i mean at this point based on this episode our audience will say that microsoft owns us (laughs) i wish i'm we're for sale microsoft if you're listening (laughs) 
less less expensive than Bloober Team, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, I, there's other stuff I can mention that I was playing. Uh, I, I did check out Torchlight Three because I was a huge fan of the first Torchlights, first two Torchlights. And when I heard Torchlight Three was uh, in early access, and I was so excited, and then people are like, "Oh, it's not good." And I and I went, "Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to play it until hopefully it gets good." Uh, and then it came out on Game Pass, and so I was like, "Well, now I'm downloading it for my Xbox, whether and, it's and, good or not. <laughs> whether it's good or not, it's there. I'm I'm getting it." Um, <coughs> and boy, the uh, character creation, the the options, uh, uh, the classes, the ability to to select your animal, all that stuff that you get a side animal in the Torchlight games, and you can pick up an, an alpaca in this one, or an owl, or a golden retriever to start, and then there's other ones you can find. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna love this." I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, I don't. I don't love it. It, 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 it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Is it a controller? Because it might be. Honestly, I want to download it on PC Game Pass as well and it's see on- if I should be playing it on, on PC instead of... Uh, I don't think it's on PC Game Pass. Oh, no? That would be a mistake if that's yeah. true. It looks great. It's really pretty. Uh, colorful world. Um, but, man, it just doesn't... F- you know how like Diablo games, uh, the the first two torchlights, like they have to feel chunky, and you have to like you're basically just clicking on something over and over and over and over, and so so much of those experiences is that tactile feedback of yeah, it feels good to do this repetitive thing again and again and again, and somehow they just for my money, I could you know maybe I'm I'm a minority opinion here, but they. It just didn't kind of get that nut cracked in this one. It just doesn't feel, I'm not getting that sense of, Oh, every, all my things have impact and stuff feels good. You know, busting open a barrel to find gold and it doesn't feel good. And I know that's a very abstract sort of nebulous critique, but hey, it's yeah. Real you. yeah, it's just console, <clears throat> which is interesting. It's, it's not on, uh, which is kind of why I bought my Series S. There are a few of those that mm-hmm. that Torchlight Three should be on. I know PC. there's contracts and licensing, but yeah, it's not yeah. not on. Um, can I ask? I, I'm gonna hide. We're okay. We go to time. Yeah, we're good. Great. Uh, I would like to hear about Jeff's Hitman Three update. Has he played any more Hitman Three? You know, I got sidetracked by other things this week. Uh, I got back into WoW. I got. I was playing these other games that came out on Game Pass, but um, I did play the next level, the um, the the club level. Uh, very fun. I'm into it. Um, I'm I'm playing the game in a different way than I used to. People, if you didn't hear last week's episode. I had this breakthrough with Hitman 3. The second level, I was like, oh my God, I might like these games. And so I, I was trying to approach the third level in a similar way of like, okay, I'm not nervous. I'm not trying to, you know, it's stealth games. Maybe this is just me. And Rihanna, you can tell me if I'm I'm the crazy one. Probably I am. But <laughs> for me, st- the stealth missions in games, stealth games in general, I'm trying to get through it as quickly as possible because I don't like the experience of maybe they're going to catch me. I don't like that anxiety of maybe they're going to catch me. And so I'm just trying to get just get past it, just get through it, just move along. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was never drawn to the Hitman games is because I felt like that it's just that 
for the entire experience, <laughs> you know? And then yeah. I realized, oh, no, that's not what they want. That's not the intended methodology of these games. It really is an exploration and puzzle game where I can get into the, to the level, wander around, find out all of the information I can find out, and then attack it and then move through it and, and, and do the assassination. So that's kind of how I've been trying to uh, approach this third level. But tell me, I mean, do, how do you feel when you're playing stealth games do you do you enjoy that razor's edge of ooh if i walk around the corner wrong you know or whatever (laughs) i i do enjoy that if i if i'm also given the tools to deal with an encounter like that um if it's an immediate punishment i find that very punitive i'm not a fan of that in games i don't play games to be frustrated unless it's tetris effect connected so (laughs) not not my favorite but yeah. when I'm approaching a game like Hitman, I tend to <laughs> do my thing and I, I almost Ocean's Eleven it. Like I, I try to figure out every single moving piece. I break it down. I study it. I try an error, try an error. You, you study it? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> but uh, it's it's always it always pays off when you get that the perfect crime. You know, you yeah. you run through here. This person turns around like clockwork. You move over there. You grab the thing. Somebody says, "Oh no, something spilled." You walk behind them. Like it feels so good to pull off a perfect assassination in Hitman. And I think the speed run approach is possible, but I don't get nearly as much satisfaction playing it that way. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, Christian, or either of you saw this. Uh, there was a speed run of the first level, the, the Dubai level of Hitman 3, that somebody did in nine seconds. I mean... They did it in nine seconds. They walk <laughs> in, and they turn, and they shoot the two targets right as they spawn in the level, like three <laughs> stories up, with perfect headshots. Nine seconds. Amazing. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, um, I don't think you're wrong, Jeff, for how you feel about most a lot of stealth implementation. But I think the games try to make you feel that way. There's a clock. There's a timer. Yeah. There's a point. Mm-hmm. There's and right. there's there's a hard fail state. And this, arguably, all of the Hitman games, but for sure, this uh, World of Assassination trilogy, um, aren't that. Again, they encourage save scumming. They they don't want you to fail, and they don't put a clock on you. It's not like if you don't get this target in two minutes, they're out of here. The chopper's warming up. It's learn their routines. They're going to be there for a while. And I think that's yeah, what but, makes them great. Yeah. People hear stealth game and they think, you know, I got to do this. I do it quick. And it's like, no, walk around, be a, be just uh LARP as a bartender <laughs> for <laughs> right. an hour, you know? Yeah. Just, just hang out. Well, I'll check in next week to see if, that's, yeah, I, I want to, I'm going to, you know, I plan to finish that game. I'm enjoying it. I just got sidetracked, but you know, that's kind of why I've fallen in love with the late stage Assassin's Creed franchise, mm-hmm. which, you know, really embraced the idea of stealth. But if the stealth goes bad, there's lots of other things you can do. And also you can easily reestablish self. It, it, it always felt like stealth in those games was a, an empowerment rather than a fragile state that can break at any time. Right. With like, Splinter Cell and Metal Gear Solid and some of those other games where like I'm like okay I, I, I can I'm gonna they're gonna find me they're gonna find me and with Assassin's Creed it's like oh they ain't gonna find me and even if they do I'm gonna take them all down anyway you know so it's it's just a different it's just how I like to feel when I'm playing games and it's you know and, it's very much 
mean? to probably highlight that this will be one of my five favorite <clears throat> games of the year. Uh, stuff can go wrong in Hitman, and you can have a lot of fun. Like there's some mm-hmm. again, it's yeah. like stuff goes wrong, and but you've because you've spent time in the world figuring out. You're like, I just got to get to this banana. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's yeah. like you pick up two things, throw them, take everybody down, and then you find your exit, and you're just beelining it out of there. Like those are some of my favorite. I try to do story beats and perfect kills, but then it's like, okay. Let's let's see where I can put this M80. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to hit someone with a fish, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. So more of that next week, and uh, more of everything next week. But this is going to be it for our episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for that. Rhiannon and Well, yeah, thank you for being here. This has been so delightful chatting with you. It has. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm, I'm glad you thought of me when you're sending out <laughs> requests for people to join. So so thank you. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. We'll have to have you back. Uh, but in the meantime, tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you do online. Yeah. Um, easiest way to find me is follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R-I-A-N-A Tweets Now. Um, recently, in 2021, I started streaming and lots of Tetris over there, but also some other games. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to do a fuser, maybe like a battle with Danny sometime soon. Nice. So yeah, that's over on twitch.tv slash Rihanna Twitches Now. And uh, yeah, anytime I do anything new, I'm definitely going to post it on Twitter. So that's the best way to catch up. So it starts with a battle with Danny. And then use our YouTube videos. Uh, oh boy, I'm I'm not ready for that rabbit hole. You can get to the point where you're mixing your own like tracks and a soundboard, from what I've seen. And oh boy, that's going to be a long one. So we should have you back next week, or like what? What? How long? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Very cool, uh, Christian Spicer. How about you? What do you got going on this week? We'll have my new newsletter, which you can find at tinyletter.com/slash. Christian Spicer. And up there as well, you can find the archive of the first two. The next one should be going out early February here as we are recording this last day of January, one twelfth of 2021 over. I, I am reminded that at this point in 2020, I was like, this is gonna be a great year. <laughs> so just that 2021 has been like a year so far i'm hopeful that we're like the inverse of 2020 and come march i'm like walking on sunshine you know like it's really <laughs> taken off um the newsletter tinyletter.com slash christian spicer go it's free uh sub to that i'd love to see you there it's been great so far and then um uh, twitter at spicer is the best way to see other things that are going on i think i have something very fun that i get to talk about uh in february so secrets exciting nice and this show i stream it live with video now sundays at 7 15 p.m pacific time usually i say that but i think our valentine's day show is going to be a different time but typically typically sundays at 7 15 p.m pacific time at twitch.tv slash christian spicer if you want to hang out live with us and post correct answers in chat that then I can say and pretend like they were mine. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Um, I have other shows for you to check out, including, 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 <laughs> including, <laughs> including a movies and TV show review show called slash Filmcast. You can find that at slash filmcast.com. And uh, I have a football show 
You can find that on Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. We're talking about the fan-controlled football league, uh, of which one of the team owners is kind of funny. Uh, the kind of funny games folks own a professional football team, real live human beings. Uh, we're covering all of that for FCF over at twitch.tv slash FCF on Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I also have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And uh, still crossing our fingers that we're bringing Dungeon Run back. In the meantime, check out all the Dungeon Runs uh, over on uh, YouTube. You can find that at dunge- uh, by searching for The Dungeon Run as a podcast or as a YouTube uh, for all those uh, really cool fantasy stories that we told over the last two years. All right, let's... Uh, End the show with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Rihanna, do you have a parting gift to help people get through their week? Absolutely. Uh, WandaVision um, on Disney Plus. And it's a, uh, if you don't have Disney Plus, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I really am. But. It is a very short half an hour, but a very long week of theorizing and postulating and pouring over all of the different, uh, all of the different video essays and <laughs> subreddits. And I am obsessed. Uh, if you haven't caught on, I have a tendency to get into things pretty intensely. <laughs> and WandaVision is my latest TV obsession. So highly recommend. Uh, the episodes are short, so you can binge one through four right now and be caught up for the second half of the first season. Talk about bold. Marvel, you, you can't accuse them of not being bold in phase four or whatever phase we're in now. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm in loving it, especially that fourth episode. Woo! Oh, my God. So Get good. It. Easter egg, have a TV show. You know what I mean? Like, at what point <laughs> are they not Easter eggs? All Easter eggs. That's the whole show. It's like, oh, I noticed yeah. that Easter egg. No, you didn't. Because <laughs> that was a diversion for the real Easter egg. I think, I think they are setting up Fantastic Four, and I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. Fantastic Four, Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man. So much. Uh, Yeah. So good. Uh, Sorry. More WandaVision. One last thing. (laughs) This is not a spoiler in any way in any of these episodes, but I would love for like that whole like Chris Evans might come back to da 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 da. It's like just like episode eight, he just like walks by. You know, (laughs) just like just Uh like a little thing. It's like Uh, Honestly, that would probably be enough for most Marvel fans. Right? I think he turns the chair backwards and sits down. You know, that's all we need. Um, You want to hear about the multiverse? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Um, I forget if I talked about Future State or not. Um, The new run of DC Comics. If I have, good, because I want to talk about it again. There are some misses out there, but I'm not going to talk about the misses. I want to talk about the misters. (laughs) No. I do this for me. Um, uh, future State is kind of the near future, an imagined possible near future for DC Comics, not necessarily canon as it could be one possible future out of, of death metal, I think is what it was. Um, but really fascinating stories that they're telling. And I love the next Batman. Um, and what I really love, my favorite of them right now, and why I'm mentioning it again, if I've already mentioned it, is um, uh, Dark Detective which is uh, Bruce Wayne in, in this future. And then also immortal wonder woman, just this take of Bruce Wayne. Who's like technically dead um, and lo-fi 
because of all like the face tracking and all of the stuff that um, is happening in this near future world. It's such a cool, fun, interesting take on it. I love his character design. The, the suit designed for him is absolutely incredible where it's kind of got this mix of like, I built it myself, like bandages on my arms kind of thing. And then there's a shot of him on a motorcycle where he has a trench coat, trench coat, trench coat on that's like makes the cape. It's just absolutely exquisite. I love it so much. And then Immortal Wonder Woman is, um, I, I believe she did the character design and she's also illustrating it, but it's Jen Bartel, who is just one of the best in the business. And just for the art alone, it's incredible. But their take on Diana and where she is in this future gone wrong is super compelling. And I highly recommend many of the future state books, but in particular, Immortal Wonder Woman and The Dark Detective. Very cool. That was awesome. I haven't checked those out at all. I'm intrigued. Uh, All right. We have, uh, well, let me tell you my parting gift uh, is a movie on Netflix that absolutely bowled me over. It's called The White Tiger. And it is incredible. It's basically Goodfellas, but set in India. And it is awesome. Uh, I mean, it is a rise and fall story. It is epic in nature. It is about um, um, an Indian boy who grows up very, very poor and basically manifests himself into being this incredible figure by uh working for these very wealthy sort of crooked folks unbelievable unbelievable i learned a lot about india i learned it was a thrilling ride from start to finish great beautifully shot great great movie the white tiger we have a listener suggested parting gift uh this was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com uh this was sent to us from darren from san leandro Darren says, uh, hey, folks, I have a parting gift for anyone stuck in the malaise of quarantine that may have trouble deciding what to watch next. My wife and I used to spend so much time sitting on the couch waffling about what movie to watch that we rarely ended up hitting play on anything. I did some research into what methods people have for getting over this hump and opted for an analog interpretation of an idea from Karina Longworth and Ryan Johnson. We took an old Café du Monde souvenir coffee can we had sitting on the shelf redubbed the can redubbed it can do movie and grabbed a stack of post-it notes we opened up hbo max and combed through the catalog for each movie one or both of us had always meant to see but never made the time for we wrote it down folded it up and dropped it in the can by the end of the night we had a can uh, half full of post-its As time goes on and we think of something we'd like to watch, we simply write it down and add it to the can. Now, when we sit down for movies, it's a delightfully tactile experience where we take turns shaking up the can and presenting it to one another for the draw. Each post-it feels like announcing an Oscar winner. Our house rules are that we must put on whatever the can decrees, but we reserve the right to tap out at any point. Only one person needs to officially request a tap out, but that must be respected as well. We found that this process has made sitting down to watch a movie into a part of an evening we look forward to all day. The can so far has shown us Safety Last, North by Northwest, 500 Days of Summer, Purple Rain, and Bicycle Thieves. Our movie nights are varied and fun and always lead to conversation. We hope the can-do movie itself will also be a keepsake that we will continue to use and pass on to future generations. 
Hopefully this can inspire you to find your own way of shaking up the monotony of being couch bound in quarantine, just as it has for us. And for the love of whatever power you believe in, wear a mask and be kind. Great email. Thank you, Darren. What a cool idea. That's a great idea. Definitely recalling the feeling of walking through Blockbuster and just picking something off of the shelf. I love it. Totally. Yeah. I and love it. I love it. Letting fate decide to a certain extent, too. It's to put neat. a bow on it for this episode brought to you by Game Pass. You can do that on Game Pass. You can pick <laughs> a game for me. Like, I wish this episode was brought to you by Game Pass. I really do. It's real good. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. Let's put that in the universe. Buy us. <laughs> I did hear they're looking to make another Bethesda level acquisition. <laughs> I'm ready to be purchased at the Bethesda level. Um, that's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Rihanna Manuel and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us and watching the video in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. Uh, that are so delightful every week. And thank you to each and every one of you who take the time to download the show and listen. We are grateful that you put us in your ear holes. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.